Thursday Finance. Welcome along, Stephen Pritchard. And before we take a look at currencies and commodities, company tax rates are in the news again. Oh, yeah, we're, we're hearing that perennial argument about company tax rates and by, by cutting the company tax rates, it's going to increase jobs. Well, we don't really need to do any of that. All we really need to do is say that, you know, any new employee you put on, you get a tax deduction at 110% instead of 100%. It, it directly targets increased employment and also has a countering effect on the, the, you know, the payroll tax, particularly in New South Wales, the extremely high rates of payroll tax you have to pay to the state government every time you put on a new employee. So I think, you know... How long would that last for? Well, the company tax rates are going to last forever, so why couldn't you... No, 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 this tax... Well, anyway, let's go on. Yeah, so, so if you, you know, instead of getting a 100% deduction, you get 110% deduction. That's, Leave the company tax rate where yeah, it is. Yes. So you get rid of the arguments on both sides of the political fence and directly targeting increased employment. And it's going to be very hard for either side to argue... That, that, that this won't have the effect of increasing employment. So effectively, as a company puts on more employees, they'll effectively get a company tax rate cut, but it's directly linked to the number of new employees they put in. And you could cap the salary. So you, you know, obviously the logical thing is to say to cap the salaries that this apply to is is the is the average uh, median salary. So you know anyone who gets uh, you know if you put on someone who's paid four hundred thousand, you don't get the hundred and ten percent tax cut. But if you put on someone who's paid fifty thousand. You do, and this is all very simple. You don't need masses of legislation. All the group certificates are already there. Wages are already on the group certificates. All you have to say is the amount, the amount that is subject to the tax cut is the same as the amount that goes on the group certificate. Very easy to administer. And that deduction would last for the, oh, the working life forever. of the employee? Yeah, well, as long yeah. as they stayed employed there. I don't see why. Because it's an incentive for employees? Yeah, it's an incentive. Mm. And it's simple to administer. You don't have all these arguments about what's passive income and what's not passive income and you know you benefiting the bigger than town and the small end of the town and then quite frankly the the tax cuts that, that, that you know they've given on the company rates are ridiculous i mean it means it means if a company a small business is making a hundred thousand a year profit instead of paying thirty thousand a year tax they have to pay twenty seven and a half thousand that's not going to create any employment so far better to say to them you know you put on a new employee you're going to pay fifty thousand instead of claiming a fifty-five thousand dollar tax cut. You, you, you get to claim fifty-five thousand, and directly targets employment. The state, the government's going to pick up the pay as you go in silence on the wages and all the other charges. And I think it's a far better and easier to administer thing. There we go. I might write an article on LinkedIn and put it up. <laughs> Good. Keep an eye out. Okay. Meanwhile, what's happening with commodities? Um, commodities. Well, yeah, the commodities have done all right. You know, it's a pity we weren't all invested in gold last week. We would have made a few up. So we're, um, the gold price was up 1.5% on the week to $1,694 an ounce. Uh, the nickel price was up... Well, uh, sorry. The nickel price was up... Uh, 0.25% to $16,871 a tonne and the crude oil price was down 2.2% to $83.71 a barrel. Um, the Australian dollars, um, lots of red ink everywhere, so not so good if you're travelling overseas, but good if you're an exporter. Um, mm. we're, we're down almost 3% on the US dollar on the week, back to below 80 cents, 78.18 cents yesterday. Um, the Great British Pound, we're pretty much even um, marching down to 56.33 pence. Um, the Euro, we're down about 1% on that to 63.74 Euro cents. And the New Zealand dollar, we're down about half a percent to one one 
dollar and eight New Zealand. So overall, you know, the Australian dollar's worth less this week if you're travelling overseas. But if you're an exporter, you're you're marginally ahead. Um, the the the, the equity markets around the world are a sea of red ink. You know, it started Nothing. with the big falls mm. in the US. Mm. So um, the Australian market was 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 pretty steady this morning, but it was down on last week 3.8% to back below 6,000 at 5,957. Uh, the S&P index in the US, which is where all the problems started, it's down almost 5% on the week to 2,681. And the UK index was... was also down 3% on the week to 7,279. Um, some stocks that uh, mm, local investors, local. Got, investors mm-hmm. have got an interest in, and um, BHP was down 5% on the week to $29.35, so it's back below the $30 mark, which, which it hasn't been this year. Um, uh, CBA was down 3.7% yesterday, yesterday. They came out with some profit announcement which which was below expectation so the share price promptly dropped three percent to seventy seven dollars and cba's got a lot of problems going on there um nib um was was down seven uh, percent to six dollars thirty one and and telstra was down three percent to three dollars fifty four so um lots of local people have red ink in their portfolios this week <laughs> and um the, the the unfortunately the petrol price is down a little bit but not as much to compensate for all that so we're we're dollar thirty six point eight cents a litre yesterday uh, so that's down about 0.6% on the week. Sydney's um, $1.26 so there's back to a 10, yeah, 10, 10 cent cents differential and it doesn't take 10 cents a litre to send up the pipeline. Mm. Mm. We've got a pipeline not even trucks. Yeah there's a pipeline although the pipeline's I understand the pipeline's now over capacity so there are some stuff coming up in trucks. Right. You remember, you remember the pipeline being built there? Yeah it should. Yeah yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and the diesel price is a dollar thirty-seven, which is the same as last week in Newcastle, and a dollar thirty-five, which is the same as last week in Sydney. Our market update with Henry Jennings, senior commentator with the Markets Today Financial Newsletter. Uh, Henry, is there much red there this morning, or is it black or green? Well, it's um, it's a little bit green. I think the Chinese say, "May you live in interesting times." Curse. And, and it's certainly yeah, it is a curse, and it's certainly been an interesting week. Yes. With it, it's starting off last Friday with a six hundred and sixty-six point fall on the Dow, which seemed to be uh, an omen for some, and they were citing uh, biblical references to the number of the devil and all that sort of uh, stuff. Well, I never <laughs> heard that, but doesn't surprise me. Which was always fun, um, but um, yeah, we've we've sort of struggled ever since. I have to say, this week we've we've started the first two days we were down three hundred points, and then we rallied a bit, and now um, we're still down quite considerably on the week. Mm-hmm. So um, we're, at the moment we're down ten. Um, so uh, that's not too creeping. bad. No, it's not too bad. But we have dropped three hundred, then rallied forty three, and now down ten. So mm-hmm. off the bottom, we're about thirty three points off the bottom, according to the closes. So. Not a smashing result by any stretch of the imagination. No. So how's Rio going after their big profit increase yesterday? Well, it's um, it was a huge number, absolutely yeah. huge number. The stocks um, been uh, been marked down by two percent this morning, mainly I think because the copper price dropped last night. Mm-hmm. Commodities tended to stay up during all the volatility we saw in equities, but as um, as equities have kind of stabilised a little bit, we've seen some selling in commodities probably to uh, to pay for some of the excesses in the in the equity market. So um, Rio's big number, big dividend, huge dividend, 
eighty cents US, taking I think it's a two hundred and ninety cents, two dollars ninety US dollars for the year. Big difference. You know they even yield four point eight percent now, fully franked. Mm-hmm. I mean these these miners have got you know, they're throwing off cash like a like a drunken sailor. Let's hope um, they don't get it in their head to waste it all like last time. Well, they don't seem to be. They seem to be uh, getting it into their heads to reward shareholders. They've announced a, a billion-dollar buyback, another one, uh, this massive record dividend, and they seem to be um, very keen to reward shareholders this time around rather than uh, silly acquisitions at the top of the market. So, mm-hmm. yeah, fingers crossed that continues, but, um, yeah, so far so good. Good. And then SCA Property Trust came out with some reasonable results. Yeah, well, it's, we're in result season at the moment, and SCA Property, which is uh, Shopping Centres Australia, which owns a lot of uh, the, you know, the um, yeah. places that have Woolworths and Bunnings and all those sorts of things. In it. So, yeah, had some had some pretty good results. Um, net non-cash profit was 69 mil, but um, they yield 6.3%, and you know, looking relatively good, I've got to say. So, unfortunately, property trusts generally um, tend to suffer a little bit when interest rates move higher um, because it's not so attractive and obviously these things are geared as well. Um, so, um, but yeah, it, it's not looking too bad and they certainly have a good suite of household names in their um, in their centres, which is always good. Yeah, and the good thing I kind of like about them is over half the rent comes from the Coles and Woolworths of the world and they haven't got a big exposure to the fashion yeah, and, the, and no department stores, I think. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. Those are the areas that really have um, kind of struggled a little bit, unfortunately. So, um, yeah. And CBA's profit was out, and it was below expectations. Yeah, a smidge, a smidge. They they only made five point one one billion before they took a bit of a write off. They um, they provisioned five hundred and seventy five million dollars. Um, 375 of that was to do with the Austrac investigation and 200 to do with um, our BBSW problems and regulatory issues and, of course, the costs of um, preparing for the Royal Commission, which I think begins next week. So um, it, it wasn't a bad result, slow and steady. Um, Ian Rev's last result before Matt Cummins uh, takes the helm. So, um, yeah, no, it wasn't wasn't a bad result at all. NABs have come out with their numbers as well this morning, uh, only quarterly results as opposed to Commonwealth Bank. Um, but, uh, yeah, again, slow and steady, nothing particularly nasty to spook the horses. And uh, uh, the banking sector looks a little bit like it's trying to bottom. Things like NABs actually yield 7% fully franked at the moment. So a lot to be said for the, uh, the banking sector despite all the headwinds. And what about the Buddings UK sector? It seems to oh. it seems to be turning into a disaster. Yeah, well, they obviously didn't consult the weather forecast. Um, the, um, the Bunnings in Australia, of course, very successful sausage sizzles and all that sort of stuff, and they have tried to cookie cutter the business and take it to the UK. Now, unfortunately, um, the UK probably has more severe seasons than Australia does. Um, our winters, um, being from the UK, can be quite nasty, and our summers can be three days long. So, um, as a result, it's kind of hard to get the stock right and get the right products on the shelf at the right time. And it does appear that Bunnings UK is turning into a bit of a Woolworths Masters kind of situation. There's certainly a fears that it becomes just a big black money pit, um, and that the, the, uh, the so-called growth. Uh, Bunnings is really going to struggle because of this. This UK business is going to um, be a dead weight round uh, West Farmers' neck. So, not particularly good news.
new kid on the block in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it's traditional to, uh, to of course, clear the decks, write off a lot of money, um, and uh, and get things on an even keel so you can take all the credit for the upside. But the stock has dropped like a rock um, mm-hmm. from 44 bucks to 41 bucks, um, mm-hmm. and that's not just because of the volatility we've seen this week. This is purely because we don't want to see another Masters and mm-hmm. the the whole. You know, it's it's distracting for management. It's massively expensive. It's just fail across so many areas. So um, hopefully this doesn't turn into one. But at the moment they don't seem to have got the UK business right at all. Okay, we'll come back in a minute and talk about um, what's happening at Maya. <laughs> Your favourite stock. Oh yes. Thursday finance and a market update to continue in just a moment on 2NURFM 27-1. Battle the bustling expo crowds and the salespeople on a serious mission and pay for the opportunity. Or see the Hutter's largest range of new and used RVs in a much more relaxed way for free at Australian motorhomes and caravans. They'll be doing special deals all weekend at their huge Bennett's Green display, including a free leisure pack with every purchase. So talk to industry specialists about your new adventure at Australian Motorhomes and Caravans. You've got to get out here. Licence 15774. Our sponsor. For the latest in air conditioning technology, look no further than our sponsor, Davis & Spence. The energy-saving Mitsubishi Heavy Industries Inverter SR Series has many fabulous new features, including easy-to-use controller, self-clean operation and silent airflow. Heat or cool the smallest bedroom to the largest entertainment area with expert installation through their network of trade customers. Davis and Spence, the best in energy efficient air conditioning. Wickham, East Maitland, and Warners Bay. 2NURFM weather for our sponsor, Harvey Norman. Newcastle at the Hunter's best for electrical appliances. Well, there's plenty of sun around today. If you feel like being out on the water, well, uh, we are expecting winds to be 10 to 15 knots from the northeast. They'll get up to 15 to 25 knots this afternoon as the day gets a little bit windier. Seas less than a metre, increasing up to one and a half, and a southeasterly swell, two to three metres. Uh, tide, we've got a high tide at half past three today. That's 1.2 metres at the moment along the coast. There's 11 knots of breeze from the east and it's 26 degrees at Nobby's. And just a degree or two more inland. It is 25 to 1, 2 in URFM's uh, Thursday Finance and our market update. Joined by Henry Jennings from the Markets Today Financial Newsletter. Henry. So, yeah. so Solomon Lee is stepping up his campaign to get some buyer board seats. Uh, I mean, to be yeah. honest, I don't understand why the buyer board don't start put up a couple of people on there. He, he, his representatives couldn't do any worse. Uh, no, well, probably not, but certainly he's agitating for um, for an EGM to spill the board and install his. Some commentators, and I have to say I tend to fall into the same camp, suggest that this is basically a takeover by stealth, um, that even though he only owns, I think it's about 11% of Maya, um, he really is trying to get control of the company without paying a, a premium or a controlling or even any money out of his wallet apart from what he's already paid. Um, interestingly, the stock actually was one of the few stocks that held up over the uh, the carnage that we've seen this week, um, which I guess is, is no real great testimony to Myers. It's just that they've fallen so far. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much for, further they can fall. Oh, they can go to zero. Well, they, they could. They could. I, I'm, hopefully that, 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 that won't happen. happen. But it's certainly been a 
slow and uh, sometimes not so gradual decline in Maya. Um, and of course, the, um, the CEO is very much Richard Umber is very much on notice that he needs to get his finger out and sort this out. Five-year plans are all very well, but they don't always help shareholders. They just mean that the CEO can stay there for five years, pocket a couple of million bucks every year, and walk away into the sunset um, with a with a nice boat and a new house. But weren't shareholders assured that the new Maya was going to show results by December? Uh, Which December? Uh, probably that's right, probably. And over at BHP, Elliot Management, who was, who was, who was rattling the chains and over at BHP and we're going to do all sorts of things, now yeah. seems to have the only thing they've got to complain about is the dual listed structure. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, we had, I had a discussion on Sky News oh, Business about this the other day. And, you know, BHP are listed in London and they're listed in Australia. Now that there's two very good reasons for this as far as BHP is concerned and not particularly good reasons as far as Elliott uh, Management is concerned, which is the U.S. hedge fund that's act, you know, actively campaigning for change at BHP. Um, London is, is obviously the, the, the big mining capital uh, mm -hmm. in terms of capital uh, in the world. Um, it is the big financial capital, and it, it tends to be where all the big mining stocks are listed uh, and run out of. Um, you know, all, the, all the big mm -hmm. ones around the globe uh, tend to use London as their certainly for, for raising capital and for uh, for that side of the market. So it makes some logical sense to have BHP listed here. Um, of course, they're a big Australian, and under the government's uh, requirements when they merge with Billiton, they have to have their headquarters here. So, of course, it makes complete sense to have the two listed, uh, or the dual listing, one here and one in London. So um, Elliot want to uh, dissolve one of the listings and and uh, make things uh, one, but, um, yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. BHP has fought quite hard against that, and they've also, uh, they have listened to Elliot in terms of uh, rewarding shareholders, and I guess, that, you know, having seen the the, the, uh, the, the Rios and, and their sort of uh, generosity to shareholders, now the ball is in BHP's court to maybe match it and keep Elliot off their back, and they're certainly making moves in the U.S. as far as their shale assets are concerned as well, so they are listening, but I, I can't see this one happening, I think. I can't see how much money it's going to save here. I don't think it's going to save much money. There's lots of tax implications yeah. and lots of other implications, which BHP, you know, I'm sure if, if Elliot keep agitating that they will have to have some sort of independent report. Yeah. And as all reports, um, you know, as you know, with all reports, yeah. you never commission one unless you know the yeah, answer before you commission right. it. Right. And uh, you just, you know, it's a bit like, um, a bit like Andrew Constance with Ferry McFerryface. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and, and Nick Scarley shows that a retailer can still make some money. Yeah, well, it's, you know what, retailers can. It's, it's not dead and buried. You know, we, we, we certainly have seen good results from Nick Scarley again. Um, they perennially kind of uh, have good results. It, it's pretty much a quality uh, company. I guess the, the problem for, uh, for market participants is that the volume is always very mm -hmm. low and they're very thin. So, mm -hmm. But, you know, the, the, it's, it's a good quality business. Um, there's other retailers that do very well. Things like Kogan as well have done, mm -hmm. you know, pretty well in, uh, in in even a tough retail environment. And of course, at times Premier have done well with Smiggle and all the yeah. other things. And um, so the, you you can do it. It's but it's a tough game retail. There's you know there's big rewards if you get it right, and there's a lot of downside if you get it wrong. Mm. And a lot of people do get it wrong. And speaking of getting it wrong, Slayer and Gordon have got it completely wrong in the past we'd have to say and now it's telling that the investors they need to reconsider the company's share price so, so i think they're trying to say that it's undervalued but i wasn't 100 percent sure with that wording 
season coming up you're writing lots of comments in your newsletter difficult convincing clients that they need to keep some cash uh, yeah 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 i know it, it is difficult and um you know especially when markets are running hot you get yeah. this fomo this fear of missing yeah, out yeah. and you know a lot of people throw a lot of money at the wall and most yeah. you know when the market's running hot it sticks um, and you think you're a genius and then yeah. of course when it turns it all falls off the wall and uh, suddenly you're cursing and thinking well why would i do that i never want to play in the stock market again um but um you know i think you, know, you just have to new world again with uh, with the way US uh, economy is going and their trajectory and interest rates so you know it's, it's going to be an interesting year volatility as they say will be back um, we didn't see much of it last year but um, I think it's going to be a little more prevalent this year as we um, as we work our way through um, a new Fed chief and uh, and all the issues that are associated with that Okay, well, we'll talk to you again next week, Henry. And Stephen, we've got the good oil coming on interest rates now as we're joined by Simon Riordan from... Uh, he's the regional manager for Australian Corporate Bond Company. So, Simon, we're in the new year, so what, what do you think is going to happen with interest rates during the current year? Yeah, g'day, Stephen. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, it's going to be, a, obviously, a big year for interest rates this year, and I think that's obviously the focus of markets whether you're in equities or bonds or property, whatever it might be, um, we think uh, interest rates are rising this year. So in the US, probably between two and five times. Um, there's a lot of conjecture there about how many will actually come through, but um, definitely US rates will rise. Well, we're talking yes. about five ra- five rises, are we? Uh, five could be. Five is definitely the upper end of what the analysts all think. Right. Um, I think it's more sort of three to three to four is, is where sort of the, most people are thinking. Yeah. Um, in Australia, where we, we see a rate rise coming 
towards the end of, of this year, so maybe one rate rise towards the end of the year, November, December, yeah. and that's really what the futures are predicting at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't really mean that banks couldn't raise rates out of cycle. So yeah. when, we, when we're thinking about bonds, we're really looking at the RBA cash rate, yeah. but for most people, they're thinking about, well, I get charged on my home loan, and yeah, if global interest rates are rising, which, which they are, led by the U.S., then there, there is a reasonable chance for the banks to start raising out of cycle probably later this year, I would imagine. So so we're talking about one interest rate rise in the official cash rate. So what, we're talking about uh, 25 basis points or, or 50? Yeah, yep, that's what we would think, 25 basis points November, December this year. Right. Um, which is, yeah, it's obviously not a, not a massive change. Uh, we're just not seeing the way inflation come through in Australia or, or really yeah. Yeah, the, the most recent inflation rating was was lower than the market was predicting. Um, so yeah, you've got a bit of a bit of an unusual situation at the moment because you've got global rates pushing the longer end up. Uh, but in Australia in the shorter term shorter term space, we don't really see a huge amount of change. So, so what do you think? Uh, do you think the banks are going to? I mean, the banks are going to get a lot of bad publicity, particularly, you know, with with the with the Royal Commission going on, if they if they do raise interest rates when the when the cash rate doesn't move up, do you, do you think? Yeah. Do you think they will try that, or, or do you think they'll show yeah, some I mean, restraint? I, they may, they may, because uh, they are going to be copying some heat this year. But they have done it plenty of times in the past. Um, and I guess the way that they think about it is when they go to refinance their loans and their bonds that they've issued all around the world, um, they're going to have to pay more when those ones roll off. So when they're going to have to pay more to investors to get those bonds out there. And they, they generally like to pass that on to the good old consumer. So I would, I would think there's a reasonable chance of that happening. But yeah, maybe as you say, with the Royal Commission coming through, maybe they'll hold fire on that this year. Um, and what about the? We might come back in a minute and talk about what's happening to to the retail market um, for deposit rates, um, which is what most of our uh, listeners are interested in. I think they're all. Yep. We've only got wealthy listeners here at our, our show, so, <laughs> so they've got money to lend, not to borrow. <laughs> yeah. So we're back in a minute, with Simon. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Simon, so the uh, a lot of retail investors just fixed interest just consider the term deposit rate. So how are they? How are they been going this year? Yeah, they've been pretty steady. I mean, I uh, checked earlier this week. General rates are sort of between 2 and 2.3% for three months to one year. Yeah. And the stats that we've seen is that uh, about 95% of the deposits are in three and six months. So yeah. there's, there's not very many. You can get decent rates if you go out to two, three, four, five years, but not no, basically nobody does that. So yeah. most people are just rolling the short-term rates. Uh, they've been reasonably steady, so... Um, they've kind of dropped off earlier in the year and they've been steady for, for the last couple of months. I guess you may see, you may have to see some, some of those start to rise as, as rates start yeah. to rise, but probably not till the end of the year, I would think. I have noticed that though, that the, 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 you know, a couple of the institutions we used for, for act called deposits, the, they have cut their rates, um, in the new year. Yeah, yeah, definitely the, um, yeah, the, the act call stuff has been coming down. Um, the term deposit, so three and six months, has been 
reasonably steady from what we've seen. And so, so if you want to, if you want to, I mean, it used to be very hard for retail investors to access a fixed interest market, the bond market before. But if you want a, a slightly better rate, and, and you can now buy um, corporate bonds on, on listed on ASX. So, what sort of rates are we looking at? Some of those uh, investment grade corporate bonds that are there. Yeah, so you're looking at anywhere from about two to three and a half percent at the moment for investment grade senior bonds. So. Um, and also they're completely liquid, so you can get in and get out whenever you want to. Right. Um, whereas with a term deposit, you've obviously got a whole... So, so basically, with, with investing in some corporate bonds, you can pick up a 1%, additional 1%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, additional 1% over a term deposit. Um, it's obviously a, it's a different risk profile. You're lending your money to um, you know, Telstra or Woolworth rather than Westpac or CBA. They're not government guaranteed, so you, you get to get paid a little bit more, but um, it is a... Is a it's in the same sphere as, uh, as that sort of... So, so people, people investing in those type of things have to really take a view as to whether Woolworths or, 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 or you know, Telstra or whoever uh, is still going to be around in three or four years to repay the money. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. That's exactly right. right. So, yeah. so if you if you if you think those companies, uh, the, these investment grade companies, are still going to be around in a in a few three or four years, um, it's probably an opportunity to get another one percent or so on your money. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, thanks for that, Simon. No um, problem at all. Talk Great to, to you next you. time. Excellent. Okay. And that's Simon Riordan from the Australian Corporate Bond Company Regional Manager. And that's Thursday Finance for today. Thank you, Stephen Pritchard. Look forward to a little update next week. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.